Hello, my name is Oleg Shahada and I'm representing UCLA Radio News. Would you like to introduce yourself and why we're here today speaking? Hi everyone, my name is Moises Fernandez, pronouns he, him, and Ed. I am currently running for the USAC position for the office of the president. Um, okay, we're going to dive right in. The first set of questions is about you personally. So what motivates you socially, academically, or otherwise? I think my motivation really comes back from my roots and my family and my heritage and overall just like my experience as a first generation student and going through the higher education system. Um, and I'm a Mexican immigrant. I lived in Mexico from the age um, all the way to like four years old. And then I moved to Palmdale. And from Palmdale, I moved back to a transporter community, a small community named Calexico. It's borderline with Mexico. Um, and that was around when I was like in first grade. And so I had like two lives. I would live like in the US, but then on the weekends I would spend time in Mexico with my family. And it was, I think it really shaped up like who I am and like how I see the world. Personally, like um, being a first generation student, it was very difficult to navigate the education system. And so in high school, I really didn't know like how many resources I had and how I had to really excel academically in order to attend a college or even how extracurriculars could help um, build up like my resume. And I was just really navigating through it um, all by myself. And although I did have like the moral support for my family, it wasn't really like enough for me to be a successful student the way I wanted to be. And so in high school, I took classes and I was failing many classes like English, mathematics. Um, and it wasn't until my senior year that I had like the self-realization of what was going to be coming next. And I wanted to apply to a uh, college. Many of my friends were applying to universities like UCSD, um, UCLA, UC Berkeley, some SCSU. And I started asking myself, like, what do I want to do? Like, what do I want to pursue? And I really like didn't know where to start or how to do it. And so I kind of looked into it and I spoke with my counselor around like maybe like September, um, November. They kind of have like that talk with you as to like, oh, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. Like, I, I know those things I like. I like being being creative. I like working with others. Um, but at the time, I just didn't know. I just knew I wanted to do something with my life, mm -hmm. but I didn't know how I was going to get there. And so uh, my counselor had this really uh, deep conversation with me and made me realize that perhaps higher education wasn't going to be a choice for me, that I should think um, of other options. And in my community back home, it, the higher education of uh, the people with bachelors is very low. I think it's around like 20% of people have a four-year degree. And so that's very low compared to other places like here in LA or like in Berkeley. And I wanted to um, make something out of myself. I wanted the sacrifices from my family, from my community, from everything that I've experienced so far to be something that I could be proud of. And so uh, after having that conversation with my counselor, the local community college came to my high school. And that was the first time I was introduced into higher education. And personally, like, I was really excited to hear back from at least, like, someone as to what the next steps in my life would be. 
and I went through the whole process of filling out like my financial aid and um, I took like this little test that kind of told you like what your uh, major may be I didn't even know what major was but I just was like excited I was like oh this may be like my future job um, what major did you get? I don't even know I think it was something <laughs> I think it was like architecture and I was so excited and I was like I'm gonna be an architect um, and look at you that and, like, not, yeah, like, um, no. but it just I think at that point in my life as well, there was a really negative stigma in my perspective towards community college. I saw it as like something beneath me, something that to be ashamed of. And <laughs> I didn't want to go to community college. I felt like I was just like wasting my time and I felt like it was not gonna take me anywhere. And so uh, I decided to apply to SCSU Calexico campus, which is a, an extension campus from the San Diego State University in my, in my local community. And I got rejected. <laughs> I got a phone call um, one day and they were saying, hey, Moises, we just want to make sure um, your transcripts say that you have 2.9. Is that right? And I was like, yeah. And they said, um, unfortunately, you met the entire criteria for our program, but you did not meet the GPA requirement. And that was really um, disheartening for myself personally, because I saw that I saw that opportunity as a chance to make something out of myself. And so when I started attending community college, I was really like disappointed. But I began to get involved because I everywhere I go, I like doing things. I like working with people. I like becoming involved in clubs. In high school, I was like part of the swim team, um, the band. I was the ASB vice president. I also was like in green team, government politics. I I do like everything because I enjoy working with others and I enjoy um, doing things that I'm passionate about. But academically wise, I wasn't the best student. And so community college really was like the only route. And then I decided to take it. And I was like, you know what, I can, I kind of know now that I need to get really good grades in order to be at the schools that I want to be at. And I need to make make sure that I'm really like aware and I'm focused and I'm driven to achieving like the goals that I want to achieve. And so I got involved with student government, um, an ambassador leadership program that worked with the Community College Foundation. I also became uh, the student trustee and I worked alongside the state uh, student government and advocating for community colleges. So all that really shaped me into learning like what I really wanted to do in the future. Because coming out of high school, I knew I wanted to do something with my life and make something out of myself, but I just didn't know what that was. And I learned in community college that my passions were being an advocate for students like myself, students that come from low-income backgrounds, students that are first-generation students that really don't have that support but need it. And I became really passionate about that. It made me like really happy to be involved. Going to like the student government meetings and working with administrators and the the um, board of trustees like put like a smile on my face every day because I was there contributing to something positive for our community. And so I decided to apply to UCLA and I thought this was going to be like the big like turnaround. I said, I may get rejected, uh, but I'm going to give it a shot. And I applied to all the UCs and surprisingly, I got into all of them. At first, I was waitlisted from UCLA, so I was really devastated. I was disappointed and not going to lie, I was crying sometimes like tearing <laughs> up, you know, when I got that letter. Uh, um, what differentiated UCLA to you from like 
Berkeley or other. I think so. When I did my research, okay, so it started off like in high school. One of my friends that now goes to UCLA in high school got into UCLA, and she really like inspired me to um, apply. And since I really didn't know any like universities, I just knew that this was a great school. And I, me seeing her like someone um, that comes from the same background as myself, really motivated me, and and she really like inspired me to pursue that same route as her. And so my friend, um, she's currently here. She's gonna be graduating this year, and she—it's really cool now. Like we talk about it, like back then, um, how she got in, and even though like I may not have uh, applied to UCLA, I still got here like one way or another through community college route. And yeah, when looking into UCLA and comparing other schools, I was initially gonna go into Berkeley because that's the school that accepted me first. And I things that I was looking into were the community, the surrounding areas, um, the student life, uh, what it's like, the student government. I also looked into like the professor student ratio, uh, you know, the basic things that students may look into. Mm-hmm. And UCLA really stood out to me. I felt like a community that I could be a part of, and I really enjoyed like the aspect of the student life here. And there's so much to do, um, so many clubs that you can be part of. There's if there's not something for you, then you can create like your own club. And overall, I think I made the right decision because I feel like I fit in in many areas. And now that I came to UCLA, um, I decided to like get involved in many things. And some of the few things that I did were like becoming involved with USAC. I worked under the Transfer Student Representative Office, also the General Three Representative. I also joined UCAN Advocacy Network, in which I was able to work like statewide and nationwide. And then I got a job with um, the Center for Community College and Partnerships here at UCLA, which focuses on aiding and working alongside community college students so that they can transfer into a four-year institution and I did so many other things but um, all that transitions back into like the person I am today it really it really like shows like the passion that I have for student advocacy and it how much happiness it brings into my life and it just fills me up with joy knowing that I can contribute something positive to the community and that's that's why I love doing what I love doing that's cool. So I'm hearing you say that like it's more of a social motivation than an academic motivation in general. Yeah, I would say so. I I've never been um, the best student in classes. I've never been. I, I mean, like I try. I enjoy the social classing. reward. That's like. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, when I transferred out from community college, I, I did not have the best GPA. Um, and even now, like, I may not excel the best uh, compared to, like, my classmates, but I really enjoy, like, that aspect of learning and getting to work alongside other students. And personally, like, what drives me, like you mentioned, what really drives me is, like, that social aspect of, like, contributing yeah. something towards the better men of the community. And do you feel like you get any of that, like, I'm contributing to my community in your classes or no? Do you feel like it has to be completely separate? No, I would say I get the fulfillment like working alongside students. Like sometimes in classes, like students don't really know like what they're doing, and I've been through that. Like for example, um, the first day of class in fall when I first transferred, I didn't even know what like CCLE was, and so and so I imagine me like I I had to ask my friend Brianna, which is the person I was mentioning to you mm-hmm. um, that goes here. Uh, I was like Brianna, how how do I do this? Like where do I find my classes? Because everything was online. 
and it didn't even say anything like on my UCLA. Uh, and so she was like, it's on CCLE. And I was like, what's CCLE? Not me using Yo. Canvas this entire time in community college. I was like so lost. We're ahead of the game though. You just I, didn't even know it. I, That's the best yes, part. <laughs> yes, I love Canvas. Yes, yes. I, we'll talk about that later. But yes, Canvas, I'm a Canvas stand. Yeah. Um, but CCLE, I was so lost. And I was like, where are my classes? And I logged in. Um, I remember like being so lost and just like so confused as to how to use the system and it's small things like that that now I know and like I help other students like if they're having issues and anything I may know like I know a student was struggling with like financial aid in one of my classes and they were mentioning to me like oh like I don't know what I'm gonna do like what what happens like I need more aid and I was like oh just like negotiate like email financial aid and tell them you need more money explain your situation and maybe they'll they'll give you more aid mm -hmm. and they were like okay let me do that and so they tried it and da, da, da. they come back the next day and they're like Moises it worked <laughs> and I was like yeah they give me money and they're like yeah it did yeah and it's just like things like that I've learned and experienced throughout my higher education career that I am able to contribute to others whether it's like academically or even um and socially and another aspect that i really like is extensions always ask for extensions <laughs> if you need them like people are afraid True. to ask for them but oftentimes like professors can be really understanding if yeah, you just yeah. ask and communicate like your needs and it's something that was really hard for me at first to really ask for help when i need it yeah but once i started doing doing it and i noticed like i also got um back uh repercussion that same energy of like yes i'm gonna help you and let me know how i can help you yeah i was like wow like you can just ask like for help and you really yeah they, they will help you out it's true okay cool thank you for sharing um you definitely touched on some of this but what parts about yourself your personality character interests, or experiences most directly informs your ability to serve as usac president so you definitely just gave a bunch of information but i guess if you were to pinpoint like specific which would you say i think community work okay. um i'm very based on community uh i like to my philosophy is really like to be a leader you need to empower others to be leaders themselves and so it's not really like change isn't going to come from only one person like if you want to see something positive it needs to come from like a group of individuals that are passionate about that change and so I think what makes me different um, and what really like makes me stand out is that I'm passionate about working with others and making sure that as a unit, as a whole, we can work towards uh, creating equitable education. And what does that like really mean? It means like communicating, making myself accessible and listening to like student needs and working alongside them and working on initiatives that they may have and um, just tr um, communicating ideas. It's really important. Like <laughs> communication can save you a lot of time. It's not really about like like thinking about oh what's the new best idea it's like working with what you have and building on it to expand and making sure that you can excel at things together describe a time you were forced to reassess an opinion you held so the way that you thought something was challenged i think transitioning from like high school into community college i really like saw like i always like thought oh moises um if you work hard enough or if you do something like hard enough like eventually you're gonna do it and i still have like that similar philosophy but now i kind of think like 
it before it used to be a lot driven like by myself mm -hmm. like I mentioned like learning to ask for help is something that I've learned throughout the process and I used to really not want to ask for help I used to want to do things by myself I used to not want to um, ask for support for my family for my friends for my peers and I wanted to do things by myself because I felt like uh, some type of weakness was around like just asking for help and I think now like I'm very vulnerable into letting others know like hey I need some help from your hand mm -hmm. like what I am reaching out to you because I really can't do this by myself or like right now when I ask you like what does that word mean like I don't yeah. really know <laughs> but I'm not gonna um, pretend like I know something that I don't yeah and I'm really am gonna be like communicating with others and just be be very open about like yeah I don't know everything and I'm gonna be asking for help when I need it <laughs> yeah cool um, so how does being a second year transfer best prepare you for this leadership position? Or can you describe how that experience? Yeah. I think last year, I was very lost. Although I tried to become involved in everything, mm -hmm. I really didn't know, like, anything. Um, I mean, like, this, like, the second year transfers of right now have such a unique college experience. Like, it's crazy. No, yeah, I... Like I, mm -hmm. everything was online, so things were different. And now, like coming in person, I got to understand and learn like so much about like UCLA. Like it was my first. It's this past like um, I think like two days ago it was my first time eating like a beef Hey, what'd you think? It was okay. What? <laughs> it was okay. I had like a sandwich. Do you but live on the hill? I, I don't live on the hill. Okay. I don't live on the hill. Um, I've never lived on the hill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so having that unique perspective as to like, I don't really see things the same as many other students have. I don't have the same experience. <laughs> I'm really not going to understand like what it's like, like waking up on the hill and having to rush all the way to your class and come back and go back. And uh, just like, like you mentioned, like transitioning from online from community college into UCLA was really hard. And it was really hard to become involved and it was really hard to learn like the ins and outs about things. And I think as a second year transfer now, I got in that experience from online and also in person. And the way I've done in person is just like asking asking for help and learning the things around like um I think like a week ago was my first time going up the second floor to Pau, where that pretty area is. Mm. Uh, that was really cool. So and yeah, it's super cool, right? Yeah, it's so it's pretty. Really, really I, I feel it like it's like such a traditional yes. like Hogwarts library. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was just, I was taking pictures. I'm not gonna lie. I was just like, wow, the architecture here. <laughs> and then this year, um, in spring was my first time in Royce, and I was just like, wow, it's pretty in here. I feel like Royce is a little bit um underwhelming on the inside though. Yeah, a little bit. A little. Wait, no. Wait, where have you been though? I was I went in through the main door. Okay. Like in the front middle. Okay, I'm not sure like, if I've ever done that. Okay, well, I was lost, and I was just like, I'm gonna go in. <laughs> and it was all marble, and it was so pretty. And, was like, oh, wow. and then I learned my class was in there, and that was it was a little over underwhelming. Yeah, I had a um, class like to the right corner. It just felt oh, like yeah, normal, my normal hallway. Uh, so, point being, back to the question, I'm drifting away. Yes. Um, as a second year transfer, I think it, it's really taught me like seeing things differently in the sense that I try to be more inclusive of all communities and identities. And so what does that really mean? Um, the transfer community is very diverse. So we have students that have backgrounds in like parenting. We have non-traditional students. We have students that have served in the military. We also have students that uh, have students with disabilities. Do you know and like the loose percentages of like what the students compared to the general population? 
Like, what you, percent, I don't know, what percent of the use of, like, media is transfers, and within the transfers, what percent are, like, military parents? Yeah, yeah, so, so transfers, I could be wrong, but last time I remember hearing was, like, around, like, 30 percent-ish mm-hmm. so it's a big amount yeah um and within exactly each community i'm not sure okay i'm not sure but it's really diverse and it really translates that higher education is a community college is a a open gate um into higher education for many students from marginalized communities because oftentimes you see uh all these diverse students come from um communities that have been disproportionately affected and oppressed and so it really is like this like second chance into achieving like a four-year degree and i think that that perspective as a whole really like shapes me into trying to be inclusive of all students and identities and understanding that all backgrounds are different from one another and that students can differ from one another and overall like at the end of the day we're all here to be successful um tell us about your experience as president of your community college oh my god I loved it. Um, I loved. Were you president your second year? Yeah, my second year. So my first year, I started off as a senator, um, and then afterwards, I climbed uh, up the ranks. I became like the. I became like the rules committee, which focuses on the head of the rules committee, which focuses on like the constitution and like the bylaws. Then I also worked in the. marketing aspect of it then i worked as vice president and then i think i also did partially like um finance chair and i did i just did many things throughout the whole process but my second year coming being like president it was so much fun um i really love imperial valley college like i'm a huge advocate for community college i think it's a really great route for students Mm -hmm. and why is that i think it's just how positive my experience was and that means like i was able to learn so much by working with administrators by working with the board of trustees by working alongside students and student clubs that i really understood like what the process behind change really means and it's a really lengthy process um it's a lot of meetings it's a lot of consulting it's a lot of delegating with others and at times it can be really like stressing like you get frustrated that things aren't really changing the way you want them to. And maybe like the things that you envision um, for it to happen never really happen. And uh, fortunately, in my perspective, I was able to work alongside the community as a whole to build some really great initiatives. Some things that we did were expand our community college, college center, which is kind of like Ackerman Union, I guess, mm-hmm. um, but smaller, <laughs> like maximum capacity, 100 students. <laughs> But How big was your community college in general? We had about 8,000 students. Okay. So it's very small. Mm-hmm. Very small. Um, Did you know a lot of them going into it? or? So so many, it's, Imperial Valley College is like a feeder school for the local community, the local high schools, because okay. there's not, it's a small community. Imperial County is just like, um, maybe like seven different towns and it's the only community college in the surrounding area. If you want to go somewhere else for higher education, you have to go either like San Diego, which is like about two hours ago, two hours away, or maybe like Riverside Community College, which is another like two hours away. So there's nothing really like nearby aside from Imperial Valley College. And so many students that want to continue higher education, they end up going there. 
and most of students which are uh, from low-income backgrounds also um, uh, qualify for financial aid. So going into uh, community college, I really knew like my class and just like many students from other high schools, but I really got to meet a lot a lot of other people and it was a lot of un uh, non-traditional students like parenting students uh, um, and I really like that aspect of it that I kind of don't really see here at UCLA which is just seeing students like I, I remember having a parenting student in my class and she really like inspired me because she would come every day prepared with like all her assignments finished um she always like participated in class and even after that like she would finish because we would have conversations i was i was like very curious as to like um where like what she was passionate about and like what she wanted to pursue and she would tell, tell me like oh moise is like i'm here like i'm gonna finish this i'm gonna continue and go pursue my higher education somewhere else afterwards and i'm gonna take like my child because she had a child she was a parent student mm. i'm gonna take my child with me and i'm gonna try and support them the way i can and that was like really inspiring because they would have um full-time jobs like n not just mm -hmm. part-time jobs full-time jobs because they had to sustain a family and they still managed to do um community college and the assignments and still excel these these students don't really um they don't come to play around like they come because they want to be here and because they want to be successful students and they were eight straight straight a students and so overall um just surrounding myself with that type of community really motivated me more to continue pursuing like i was just like wow like they have they're overcoming so many adversities then uh that i i felt really like motivated to see that what have you noticed is the biggest difference between like um being involved in politics in a community college versus ucla I think it was it was really smaller. Um, not everyone was involved, so it was really hard to get like community to be engaged. Mm. Especially in community college, everyone's really doing like their own thing. Yeah. Uh, everyone either works or they have family to take care of at home or they have to do other things aside from like school. And I feel like here at UCLA, everyone's just like here for the most part. Uh, you see everyone in like Ackerman Union or you see everyone like hanging out like on the, uh, like on, um, what's that little hill called like where people ice block? Like Congress stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, right there or just like anywhere, like people are just like chilling and it's it's weird to see people that. Cause, cause, yeah, no, um, I know it sounds funny, but you would see over there like, uh, what's her? I said, I understand what you're saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, you would, a class would finish, and you could see just, like, everyone walking out to their cars or yeah. to, like, the bus. Did you have a campus? Did um, I have a campus? Like, did your community college have, like, a central campus, or was it just scattered throughout? It was scattered. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> but the college center was really, like, the hotspot. People would go in there, um, wait for their next class, or, like, just chill. Like, here, I guess. <laughs> but... You would see classes would finish and everyone, kind of like how people run up to the hill, everyone would go to their cars or go to like the bus stop and they would just leave. Yeah. And you wouldn't, and then after that, like if classes were ongoing, the, like the hallways or the common areas would be empty. Like no one was there. Why? Because like people were just doing like their own thing. Yeah. And I feel like here at UCLA, everyone's like very involved, very trying to do like something with the community. Um, mm -hmm. It's we. It's such a vibrancy like here at UCLA, and I feel like that's the biggest difference that I've seen. Um, so you shared very vulnerably in your, I don't know the official name. It's like the introduction of your debates, I think. 
the video that's posted, um, that you took winter quarter off for mental health purposes. If you're comfortable answering this question, what did you learn from that quarter and how do you reflect on your decision to take time off? Um, and if you're not comfortable, it's, it's okay. It was rough. Uh, I think throughout my whole life, I've been like really happy and always like very like outgoing, really like enjoy talking with people, being out. And just in winter, that wasn't happening. And it, I never understood like what how important your mental health was like i i wanted to support people but i i enjoy like being like yeah like mental health is important because that's what i think but i really didn't understand how important it was until winter quarter uh, coming out of fall quarter it i was just not mentally here it was just bad um i would go to class participate i would get home i wouldn't do anything I would just lay in bed. And then maybe like on social media, I may look like really excited, very happy and doing things. But once that phone turns off, that wasn't me. It was more like the way I, I see things is like you put on a mask and you walk around with that mask and then you take it off when no one's looking. And winter quarter was really like the time where um, so I, I tried enrolling because I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, I, I have like this mentality, like, yes, you need to like, keep on pushing yourself. Like, it, it may be hard right now, but over time, you'll feel good. Mm. So I was pushing myself and I was like, enrolling classes. And I did. And I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do classes this winter quarter. It's mine. Like, I'm going to do it. Is this like the beginning of winter quarter or like winter break? Winter break. Yeah. So I tried enrolling winter break and then I couldn't because I had a hold on my account. And I got that clear like uh, the first, second week of winter. Mm -hmm. And then I enrolled. And so I was like, yes, 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 let's do this, let's do this. Like winter quarter, it's like straight A's, like skincare, you know, like fitness, here we go, new year, new me. Um, But that didn't happen. My classes got dropped because I had another hold on my account. I don't remember what it was, but I had a hold and they got dropped like the week two. And I was just like, wow. Um, do you believe in manifestation or like do the I? universe or like do you have like some sort of like I, I err on the side of no but there are moments where I believe or I you know so I kind of think things happen for a reason I have like it may be wrong of me like oh like things happen for a reason just kind of to like I mean, be like it's a nice way like, to think. be content with myself yeah, it's yeah it's like, nice way to think. like yeah so i was just like you know what maybe this is for a reason maybe i shouldn't <laughs> take winter classes i think i won't go fight this i'm just gonna stay like this chill it out enjoy it and so yeah um, my classes home or westwood or i stayed here in westwood um yeah my the people that i only knew were like my roommates and uh, my family doesn't even know. Really? Oh, okay. okay. No. How do you feel about that? Um, uh, I don't know. Will they ever find out by default? I guess if they see, if they see okay, this. Okay, we, we can but, also edit it out if um, you like. 
do you feel the need to like ever share that with them? I do. Was it a conscious choice to not share with them more? No, I think it's more like a fear of weakness. Yeah. Um, just because I, it it comes like a stigma, like first generation students, like you have to like excel in things and you have to be like the best and like you have to really like try your hardest to do um, things and because of the sacrifices that your family has done. You siblings. And yeah, I do have siblings. Little or older? Older. Yeah, cool. I have two older, three older siblings. Um, two of them went to community college. And so, yeah, it's just hard. I don't tell them because I'm, I feel like that part of my life wasn't like my best. And I'm really like scared to disappoint, even though I know like that's not true and that's not how they're going to react or they're going to be really supportive of it. But internally, like, I feel like, like, dang, like, I took a quarter off. And no student should really feel that way. Like, students should be able to um, prioritize their mental health and, like, their well-being. But I I decided to take, like, that, that gap time during quarter. And it was, I think it was, honestly, like, it happened for a reason. And I think it really, like, benefited me at the end of the day because I came back into spring quarter really, like, excited, really, like, um, cleared out, really motivated, and I was just, like, that break was something I needed in order to reestablish, like, reestablish, like, who I was and, like, understand, like, why I'm really, like, pursuing higher education and why I'm here. Yeah. Because I, if you don't really have, like, a purpose in life, then it's going to be really difficult to, like, carry on with, like, your passions and everything that you like doing. What is your purpose in life? My purpose in life, I think, you know, oh my goodness. You you did this to yourself. These questions are too deep for me. You know, I'm a philosophy major. I know, so you're just like, oh my gosh. Oh my, what's your major? I have no clue. That's what? Okay. Um, I'm set out to literally major in anything. I've done, like, half STEM, half humanity so far. Okay. So I think my purpose is just to be happy. Okay. Yeah. Um... It's like Beyonce's answer in partition. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, not partition. Mm. Pretty hurts. Pretty hurts. I don't know. That's <laughs> I love partition. <laughs> I love uh, partition too. Um. <laughs> and tw- shout out Twenty One Pilots. Shout out Twenty One Pilots right here. We got you. Come to UCLA. <laughs> Brew and Bash. I see you. CEC. Uh, check your email. <laughs> check your email. <laughs> Sending them your way. No, but. <laughs> I want to be happy. I think that's what really like motivates me, my purpose, and like aside from many other things, I think like within me, like I want to do what makes me happy. Are you happy right now? I am. I'm very. I've been really calm these past days, and I'm re- very like content with myself, and that's what I've been trying to search for. Um, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy in fall. I wasn't so you happy see happiness as like a sort of calmness. Yeah, I think. And the reason why I'm happy is because I'm doing the things that I like. Um, before election started, I was like posting on Instagram like, oh, I just went swimming. And then I would post like, oh, um, I just made like a meal. And it just made me like small things like that made me really happy. Just seeing like doing the things I'm really passionate about and doing the things that ultimately like if people don't like like what I do, like. I and if I like it then that's the only thing that's important like um as long as it makes me happy and it's not harming others then it should be fine you know yeah
Cool. Um, do you use social media a lot? You've like referenced. That was a really deep question. <laughs> but I know it's not even on our list of okay. questions. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. So I used. No, I meant the other question. What was the other question? The, the one about um. Winter. Winter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you feel comfortable and happy with your response, or do you want? To- yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I. Yeah, I think it's important to honestly like talk about that. Okay. Because students really need to like hear other students like it's like you're not alone you're the things that you're experiencing are valid and it doesn't matter like um what negative connotations like that may have like like really like focus on yourself and like people like myself are experiencing that too and everyone is maybe experiencing especially coming out of the pandemic and stuff like that um like just 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 do what you need just happy just do what you need perfect <laughs> just <laughs> what was your other question? Sorry. Um that was it. That was it. Okay. Okay. We're gonna move on to like platform. Less deep. Less deep more. Less deep Candace. more more kind of <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay. Could you briefly overview the platforms you're running on? Yes. Okay. So overall the most important thing you should know is I'm working towards creating equitable education. So what does that really mean? That means decreasing student fees, making sure that um, the resources that UCLA already offers are accessible to our, all students. Because currently, it's very difficult. Like, um, if you don't know like where to get the help that you need, you may never get it. And so, I want to work on innovative ways in which students can have access to the help that they need. And then. Uh, making sure that we expand the cap services that we already offer because mm-hmm. they're very limited and oftentimes it can be really hard to get an appointment and it, it can take up to weeks, months, and students like need that support from the from UCLA, especially um, mental health is a really important topic that we should be um, conversing and really supporting students in that aspect. And then, as of right now, I don't know if you know, but the Hispanic student population at UCLA is around roughly 21%. Mm-hmm. And so, by 2025, UCLA expects to become a Hispanic-serving institution. Mm-hmm. So they expect the student population to be 25%. And um, what does that really mean? I, that means that students should have like a safe space on campus. And so I want to create and advocate for a Latinx slash Latine student center in order to have a safe space for the Hispanic community here at UCLA. And then lastly, it's really fostering the community as a whole. That's my entire thing, um, working with others, being accessible, and making sure that we get this done. And as a, as a village, we can work together and create equitable education. Cool. Um, so you mentioned the idea of like an Instagram or website that helps students access resources. I was wondering if you could like expand or elaborate on this idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, what do you actually visualize this, yeah. this Instagram? So, like, right now, I don't know if you know, but there's, like, USAC offices have their own Instagrams. Okay. And so there's, like, the Office of the President Instagram. There's, like, the Facilities Commissioner Instagram. So everyone has, like, their own Instagram. And that's, like, really cool um, because they promote many of their events. They promote, like, the resources on campus. Um, but I personally, like... When I came into UCLA, I was really looking into like what the student government was like, and I was like, oh, okay, student government, da, 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 da. and just like pops up, and I was like, oh cool, yeah, yeah, and I was like, okay, let me go on Instagram, and I was like, USAC, nothing, and I was wow. just like, what? Need more centralization. And so, yeah. and so, I the only way I found out about USAC, I had to ask 
one of my so I had like a transfer like transition program thing I think and I asked there I was like oh I, how do I get involved in student government and they were like oh yeah just follow like the office of the transfer student representative and I was like what's that <laughs> and they were like yeah right here and so what I'm visioning is kind of like ASUCLA like their Instagram page is like a central page that everyone goes on to mm-hmm. but instead of just focusing on like the social aspect of it I want to focus on the resources that UCLA offers so all the information that all the all, all the offices already like share and like contribute to mm-hmm. be on that central page or Instagram page or website whatever it be yeah um and students can just search it up easily and be like okay right here yeah this is where i get like my resources i'm like struggling with the idea of an instagram because like you can't look things up on an instagram page slash the posts are very time sensitive so would you like yeah so that's why i was saying i think what's important first is like getting feedback from students like um like i mentioned it's not really like about thinking about new ideas it's working with what we got yeah and maybe some students already have have thought about this and they're like oh we can do this this way Mm -hmm. so first i want to survey the student population and be like how do you think um information is accessible to you or like what's the best way to reach out to you yeah and maybe maybe it's not even instagram maybe it's emails maybe it's doing like um posters on campus Mm -hmm. something but the central idea around it all is spreading resources and what we already have at ucla to students because i didn't even know we had like a food closet i didn't even know that did you know that what's a food closet oh my goodness oh my gosh what is a food closet exactly oh wait what is food it pantry what? sorry <laughs> oh i'm so good so back, okay, so back home back home imperial valley <laughs> college we used to have something called the food closet that's why i called it the food closet um but here at ucla it's the cpo office do you know where that's at Student Activity Center? Yes. Okay, yes, okay. that was a guess, but... Yes, yes. Okay. In the Student Activity Center? Yeah. You walk in. Yeah. Which, I've only been there once, honestly, so I need to go check it out in general, yeah. And you pay for it. I know. Why'd you have to say that? Why'd you pay for it? Students pay for so many I know, things we here, just, and we don't even use it. That's what I'm saying. That's that's what I'm saying? No, uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, okay, so... So you walk, you, there's like a food pantry. Okay. And the, uh, it's the literally CPO, just a bunch of food? It's food. It's free? It's free. And it's in the student For students that are in, in, in need, yeah, like you go in there, let's say you're walking in class and you don't have food and you're like, I'm hungry. Yeah. You go in there, there's granola bars, there's water, sometimes there's like juices, there's like, sometimes students don't even have like any food back at home, so they put like some tomato sauces and like yeah, spaghetti right. and like stuff like that to like cook at home. There's like, just you just walk in there and you grab it and it's for students that are in yeah. in in basic needs that I have um, need for basic needs and like many students don't know don't about know. it. Yeah, I've never heard. You yeah and. I, the only reason that I knew is because one of my friends told me, she was like, yeah, go get free food. I was like, because I was like, I'm starving. I'm broke. I don't have money. What do I do? And she was like, go get food right there. It's like free. And I was like, really? And so in Falk, um, I would be going like every day because I was just like, yeah, I'm broke. <laughs> but yeah. And so that's one resource that like we have and students don't even know about. Yeah. Something else like, did you know you can go swimming? Yeah, I did know that. Okay, that's really fun. That's a good did one. You know, um, the Ash Center offers like um, toothbrushes and like toothpaste oh. and like different um, things that you can get. You can at the Ash Center. I've done um, 
I booked appointments for like just to get like a, a checkup. Like um, I was having like a stomach problem, and they like checked me up. You can do like things like yeah. that. Yeah. And there's like so many things that you have access to here at UCLA, but we don't even know about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I definitely agree that we need some sort of like very clear so website something where you're like, yeah like there's I know it's like the information's there yeah it's there but how was I supposed to know <laughs> like literally one microcosm of this is just the election in itself and the fact that students don't engage with it because it just like presents itself as too complicated to the point where they're like no I agree push aside I agree <laughs> too many buttons too much it is really complicated I agree um yeah um, so how do you plan to improve CAPS? Do you think it's like a financial issue or do you think it's more just like a disconnect between like students thinking of the institution as a mental health like resource? I think it's both. Yeah. So um, back at my community college, I used to work with our student health center uh, vice president and I really learned a lot about how to work effectively and communicate with students and making sure that students hear about the resources and I think I want to translate that what I learned and worked over there to over here and so first I really want to it all comes back to understanding things like yeah maybe I have an idea or maybe I think I know what I what's the problem is but in reality maybe I don't even know and so I want to start off by serving students and understanding like the student perspective first and also um, serving the workers that work at, at the CAP Center because it, it's uh, it's not only a one side thing you know mm -hmm. um, the, the communication the miscommunication is from both sides yeah. so understanding the perspectives first like figuring out like what's the problem is like um, students like do you feel um, you know what um, CAPS offers? Uh, have you ever tried uh, setting up an appointment? Um, were you successful in setting up an appointment? Why weren't you successful? Et cetera, et cetera. Like, yeah, like workers, a feedback yeah. option. Um, what can students do in yeah. order to communicate better with you? Like vice versa. And then um, moving forward based on that feedback, I think it's providing that evidence back into like the institution and being like, okay, Here's what people say. Like students say that um, CAPS needs to be open for more time, or they need more therapy sessions, or um, you need to put more information out there, like on the website, something. And then allocating like what those needs, um, allocating resources in order to meet those needs. And so I think that also has to do with um, the budget of what CAPS has. We need to work on finding how we can expand the resources. And obviously, it's, it's most likely going to require like increasing like their budget and either like hiring more workers or giving more trainings or um, being more more promoting like of CAPS services. Like we promote UCLA as number one public university like so much. Mm -hmm. Why don't Where's we promote mental like yeah. mental health as much, you know? Yeah, cool. Okay. Why are you running? There are many ways to help the UCLA community. Why did you choose USAC president as a way to do so? I do feel like you sort of described your history with advocacy and community. Um most definitely, I think there's more than one route. Yeah. You don't need a title to be a leader in yeah. the community, and you really don't need like any sort of position in order to see like change and create change. But uh, I think it really opens doors 
to have like um, get into the spaces that you need in order to create change. And so what does that really mean? It means like working alongside administrators, working with UCLA institution as a whole, um, having that access of like power where it's such a big platform that you're able to communicate the needs of students to others. And so I think coming into UCLA, I really like, I saw a need for change. I saw like there are so many things that can be improved, and personally, like I I want I want to see something positive in the community. I want to make something that's gonna benefit the betterment of the entire student body. And so I was like, well, if you're president, then you're able to get into these spaces. You're able to work alongside administrators. You're able to really um, get your hands like on the budget and like learn like, oh, where is the money like really going into, and. Um, just like see the behind the scenes that many of us don't really see <laughs> and i learned that through community college like um i i learned so many things throughout my experience and that i would speak with like students and be like oh did you know this and then they'd be like no and i was like oh wow like it's really it's really astonishing once you're in that circle to un um in order for you to really like understand and see like what really goes on and behind yeah. the scenes and like seeing like many students don't don't go to like meetings and have um the ability to be part of these like spaces in which real conversations go on as to like what the future of ucla may be or like where where the money is going which is like one of the most important things um but yeah and i was just like if i'm able to get into that space and i can bring other students with me in order to empower them and give them like a voice in that space then like my goal is like achieved you know like we're we're all gonna work together to make equitable education cool um are you involved in any other student organizations or clubs here yeah yeah so last year i was really involved because I everything was on Zoom, so I would be like, off meeting, next meeting, let's go. <laughs> but this year it was kind of difficult, especially like with my mental health and everything. Yeah. I really didn't like stay as involved as I wanted to. Um, I was more like a far away, like looking into like what people were doing. And I was just like, yeah, that's cool. Um, but uh, right now I'm part of like, oh my goodness. Okay, so. My favorite club here at UCLA yeah, is I'm Imperial Valley Student Outreach and Leadership. Okay. It stands for Ivy Soul. So that club focuses on helping out students from my community and helping them pursue higher education. And so every year we host like workshops on like financial aid, um, making sure that students know how to make uh, themselves stand out in the UC application, and explaining to them what uh, a day in the college life of a student may look like. Mm -hmm. And it really, it brings me back it, every time we have like our um yearly college weekend which is um we host that event and where where we like educate students on higher education it really like fills my heart up because i see myself in like many students it reminds me like where i started and it reminds me like how much need there is for like advocacy and like helping students from marginalized communities and it it, it brings me like this motivation like i'm tired like i i, I go in and i'm like oh, i'm so tired of school and then i come back out of it and i'm like like i work to be here like i want to be here like i yeah. i should be putting in more work i should be like doing more to try and excel i i shouldn't be trying i shouldn't be mad about writing my philosophy three page essay like mm, easier I, said like, than done easier said than done yeah. but it, it brings back that motivation because i see the kids and it really like lights up my face and it and it makes me happy and it reminds me like 
why I'm here to help students like them, students how that experience um, oppression, systematic oppression. And so that's my favorite club. But so I'm involved in that. I'm mm -hmm. the transfer student representative. So something really exciting is um, once I joined the club, I was the first transfer student that I ever joined. Oh, and it was really cool because then they, I really like, um, they were really supportive and they were like, yeah, like how do we become more transfer friendly? And then I was like, oh, um, we can start inviting community college students to our workshops. And they were like, oh yeah, that's cool. And so now they, and then they created that position for me so that um, I could be an advocate for transfer students. And it was just like really cool because uh, many things have been happening since like I've joined spaces that previously like hadn't happened like for example i'm the first transfer student um to ever run for president so last really? year yeah last wow. year was the first time um yeah so it's it's really cool like breaking barriers and like setting up standards and and helping um build like the path for like students to come in the future but initially your question was what i'm involved in uh aside from that i'm also in the latinx greek council and I'm the fundraising chair. And it's really cool because I get to work alongside other uh, students from the Latinx community and I get to understand and like um, the ins and outs. And uh, I, I really enjoy it because I, I work alongside people that have many similar experiences to me and have they see the need for change as well. And they understand that UCLA isn't the most equitable um, education. Cool. Um, what portion of the student body do you think you are most distant from and how will you bridge that gap? Distance from? I would say maybe students that, maybe the international population. Mm. Um, I really haven't interacted with many of the international student population, but I would love to. Um, I, I actually, so I was, I was campaigning in person this past like, um, days on Tuesday and Wednesday, mm -hmm. and I met a lot of students. What does that mean? You stand on Bruin Walk or what do you do to campaign? Yeah, it's like, it's called election walk. I don't know what you call it. It's like, you're going up Bruin Walk and then like, you're walking and you kind of take like the left going up to like, the, the how, yeah how, those like stairs yeah so that's like election walk okay and that's so that's the only area that we're allowed to campaign really it's, it's like specific times it's um one to four p.m mondays tuesdays and wednesdays were you all out there at the same time no i was the only one yeah. i only saw one more candidate on wednesday okay yeah good for you yeah <laughs> I wonder why they didn't go. It's interesting. No, well, I'm assuming people had class. Yeah, it, that's support, true. And I, I brought it up. I was like, one, two, four is kind of like a time that everyone's in class. Yeah. I was like, how am I going to go campaign? And they were like, oh, just let us know if like, this doesn't work. But I never like followed up. Yeah. Next year, let's change that. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I texted my professors. I, well, I emailed them. I was just like, hey, um, I won't be coming. Is that okay? And they were like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Just, just watch Zoom. <laughs> um, what was the conversation about? So sorry. Um, and, um, distance. Um, distance. Yeah, so I met a few international students. I think I made, I met a few that came from Asia. Uh, and that's about it, but I don't, I feel like I'm very distant from that community because I really don't, I haven't had like, um, exposure to them. <laughs> but I would love to. Um, I'm, I love meeting new people and I love conversing with others. Cool. Um, what's a question you wish was asked to political candidates that isn't often asked? Oh my goodness. 
I haven't thought about this. But this is a really good question. Let me think. <laughs> That's the question. That's the That's question. That's the question. This, this question. This question, this question <laughs> for next year. <laughs> Elections board. Um, emails coming your way. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know. I think everything's pretty much asked. But I would say like once in office, where will your um, where will you allocate like the money towards? Because many times, like... They sort of bounce the, around the, the money itself. Yeah, we don't know, like, where the money goes. Yeah. Like, um, back home in community college, I think our... We have a very small budget. But I was a finance chair. So I saw, like, all the student fees and how we, like, got money. And so... What surprised uh, you? I think what surprised me was where it went to. What surprised you about the fin- finances here? How much... How much... How big the budget is. Really? Um, and where does it all go? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Do you know we get an Ackerman um, student fee like for like $30 per quarter? Um, like worked into our tuition, you mean? Yeah. And then like everything else is also a fee? Yeah. There's like so much money. But what's that like $30 used for? Like for me to walk inside? Yeah, if you break it down, you're like, what am I actually using and why? Yeah. So I think that's the biggest question was like asking you second. And it's like, once you're in office, what do you plan to use with the money allocated to your office? Mm-hmm. And I mean, personally, with my office, I want to work in to reach outreaching to like the student body. I think that's going to be like my main focus is like using that money to like outreach. And then I want to host like events. I want to host like yeah. events that are going to be contributing. Like I really like when people give out food because <laughs> everyone's hungry and everyone's going to benefit from that. And I, I like right now the hot dog one that I told you about, yeah. it was, I don't remember the name, but it was a, a Oregon. I was just like, why are you doing this? And they were like, they're like, oh, we're just trying to spread like blah, blah, green light. Okay. Yeah. And I was just like, Okay. I was like, thank you yeah. for 25 you cents on that. I, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it was really good. I took a picture that I won't post on my Instagram. Um, but yeah, I I feel like we should really ask, like, what do you want to do with that money once you're in your site? Because um, we all, we're all, like, working hard to get elected. But once in office, I feel like it really doesn't translate into that. Yeah. And I think that's something I want to do. I want to work as hard to make sure that the money is being used effectively and for something positive and that's going to benefit like the student population so you mentioned a lot about like getting student feedback that's where you want to direct your money and <clears throat> i know that you mentioned like this idea of an anonymous box and stuff like that but i just feel like there's a lack of engagement in general with the student body so how do you plan on like first addressing and overcoming that so that students will give you feedback I hadn't thought about that. That's a really interesting question. That's true. There's a... I keep on mentioning there's a big disconnection. Um, That was just my initial thought. No, yeah, that's a really great question. I think... Well, I mentioned it, like, in my interview, I think, with Elections Board, which is working as hard as I am to be elected is going to be, like, one of the ways I'm going to be working towards outreach and student population, like... As many people as I'm trying to like get to know and like me while to to vote for me, that's how many people I'm gonna try and outreach to like hear back from them and understand like their perspective. Because realistically, I'm not gonna reach out and be able to contact the entire student population, but at least like a good chunk of them, like I really do want to like work alongside and get that feedback. Um, and I think a really great way that we can do that is like uh, scan the code, get a free donut. 
and like the code is like yeah. a survey and who doesn't want like people were scanning their face for free and now don't call me out but <laughs> you didn't hear about that i kind of did i didn't know it involved scanning your face yeah so it's like this app that's so is, suspicious okay but okay, okay but to be fair everyone has it on their iphone <laughs> True. And you but don't now, get anything you want out now it. to have that? <laughs> okay, so it's like it's like this like it's kind of like a third party as if it was like Venmo or like um, PayPal, except instead of scanning they with like a password, it's like your face. People went. There was like long lines in and out. Mm. So, this was like behind Polly, right? Polly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Cool. I hope they come again. <laughs> Hopefully they need more bases. They need more bases. <laughs> like there's always more. Hopefully we can do a partnership. If you're listening to this, I expect those emails coming. <laughs> um, okay, we have some questions relating to some controversy, and that's the last set of questions. Okay, so there has been some controversy surrounding your use of the N-word and hesitation to publicly support the Black Lives Matter movement. We want to give you space to like explain the situation or address it in any way that you want. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I really appreciate like you giving me that space. Um, so first, I want to get like something out of the way. Like I do publicly support like Black Lives Matter. Um, last year, I like released a statement, and I've also been like really involved. And back home, like during the pandemic, I was attending like Black Lives Matter rallies, and my community college, I would host like Black Lives Matter um, forums. And work alongside students to try and build like a safe space and um, kind of like backtrack like the whole situation. Uh, my community is predominantly like Hispanic, so it's like maybe like 90% Hispanic. And uh, being a Mexican, like that, my first language was Spanish, and I really didn't understand like um, how what the use of the word was when I first learned it and heard it. I learned it through like hip-hop and like rap and by the use of like my friends like using it like casually and so I started using it as well and that was like in high school when I was like maybe like 14 15 mm-hmm. and so I would use it and it wasn't until like one day like one of my friends told me like oh do you know like what that word means and I was like like yeah like it's just like a friend or like something like um like a homie and then they were like oh no that's not what it means and I was just like what do you mean like what does it mean then and then they were like they kind of gave me like a like small explanation of like the context of it and i was just like oh wow like i had no idea like what that meant or like what um harm it was causing and so since then like i i felt like really like ashamed of like using it and so i stopped and then coming to like community college i like started learning more about um the movement of black lives matter i started uh educating myself and like in history classes and understanding like the background knowledge and just learning more and more about it and um at that point i was just like it's like in my past like i left that behind me and i'm not that same person and i've grown to like um uh understand like how i shouldn't be using that word and so coming to like ucla uh the elections happened and all that happens and i was just like wow like i had forgotten like how i used to use that word and how i didn't even know like what it meant and especially like 
how in the past like months before that the entire movement of black life matter really like upscaled and i was really trying to be like involved in like spreading information and making sure people were like aware of, like what was happening around the u.s and just overall just seeing many tiktoks and like being like wow like this is like crazy like what's going on and um i was just like when when i first heard it from someone I I remember like exactly how it happened. I was taking pictures in front of works for like the campaign, and then I checked my Instagram, and then I had like a message from a a person, and they were saying like I can't believe you used this word, and I was just like, I was confused, and I I asked myself like when did I use it? Like I don't use that word, and then more people like started texting me and they were like i can't believe like have you seen like what's happening and i was just like no like i haven't seen and that's when i got on twitter and i saw everything and i was just like is it a I, screenshot um uh, what do you mean like what what are you referring to on twitter oh yeah 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 um do you know uh someone basically like posted like a screenshot of like uh, my 2015 tweet and it was like on twitter so I don't know how someone found it, honestly, because I was searching like I was like, okay, let me look, and I couldn't find it. Okay. Um, so it's a it's a tweet from 2015. Yeah. In which you use that word. Yeah. Okay. And so it brought back like a lot of flash like flashbacks of like my past and how I would use it casually without like knowing like the harm I was causing. And I was just like, dang, like, uh, just seeing like the context of how I understand now, like how it really affects um, and harms the black community. I was just like, dang, like, I can't believe I used to do that and like, say that. And I, in that moment, I kind of just like pushed, like I went like in my room, I came back home, my roommate and I drove like back home and I was just like crying the entire time. Cause I, I said like, wow, like I, I was in disbelief in myself and like, how it, it's almost as if it if that part of my life i kind of just like blocked it out of my mind and moved past it and just having to confront like my mistakes was really difficult i think that's that's the biggest part it was really difficult like owning up to like how i did wrong do you feel and, like you had like reckoned with it before on your own yeah I, I would say most definitely like when I when I in college like when I would talk about topics I would definitely like be like thinking like wow like I, I used to use it like very casually and like normal like I I would use it and and yeah it was really difficult just like owning up to my own mistakes and seeing like that part of me that I didn't like like and especially getting back so much feedback from students was really overwhelming and it also harmed me (sighs) it made me doubt myself it made me doubt like the person i was it made me think like am i really like a good person like if i use that word like and that's the reason why i went to into like depression was because i started losing that sense of like identity and and self-doubting myself and hearing back from like so many people really made me think like I wasn't a good person but that's not true um 
I made mistakes in the past. I admit to that. But I think my actions have reflected like I'm trying to change that and trying to cultivate a positive positivity around students and like others. And I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. I make a lot of mistakes. But that was a really big mistake that I feel like it really took a big toll on me owning up to it and facing it. Especially having so much, so many eyes on me really was like, it was hard. It was hard and it took a toll on me. And I mean, fall quarter and winter quarter are, are that same repercussion and it reflects like how deep I took it into like just Having that public eye on you is really hard. And having to own up to your mistakes is even harder. Cause like, yeah, it's it's one thing like um, being like, okay, I made a mistake to myself, like telling to myself, like I made a mistake, like you're gonna change. But it's one thing to telling that to someone else that you harmed. And like people still sometimes don't even wanna work with me. And that, that sucks. Um, and I understand that people may never want to work with me, but I, I still try to give like the better um, side of things and like I'm like wanting to work with others and still like try to um, extend my positivity and try to really just make myself like accessible and like be like be like yes like my mistakes are there but can we try and work something out and like maybe like I maybe I'm not giving you like what you want but like what can I work in order to help you um in order to do what's right that's, that's like but yeah um do you want to speak more about the Black Lives Matter situation like, weren't you, so you weren't sure if L-Ship could take a position that's why Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, basically, um, in my trainings, I was taught that we really weren't supposed to be talking about anything except, like, camp-related stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, what that meant was, like, um, the activities that we were hosting or, like, um, just overall, like, trying to make sure that we were we weren't imposing ideas onto uh the students mm. and uh just following like the schedule of, of things mm. and so when given those trainings um we encounter like the black lives matter movement because i think my one of my partners at the time um was like oh uh topics you should stay away from are um that can be sensitive or like black lives matter mm. and so that was the end of the training and uh, individual reached out to us saying that they didn't feel that way and so I told them like oh, okay like I'm not sure like um, what our stance like like what we can really like I don't want to speak on behalf of the organization mm. 
I want to really communicate because that's my whole thing, like communicating mm -hmm. things with. So I was like, okay, like let me like let's work something out. Like tell us like what your solution is. Like what can we do, and then um we'll see and communicate that like upwards so that we can get like feedback and like let's try and like work a solution for everyone. And um I think it was just a misunderstanding. Like my intention was never to say like I don't support Black Lives Matter. Even like in my state, my text with the individual, I was very um, explicit about it. I said I personally stand with Black Lives Matter. And then I told them, but I'm not sure like if that's a topic that uh, the organization is gonna allow us to discuss. But if that's what they're gonna tell us, then okay, let's tell them like why not or like how can we move like forward with talking about it or like start a conversation, you know? Like I really just want to hear back from everyone as a whole and try and find like a solution. And I think that was just like a really big misunderstanding from the individual, um, especially since they told me that uh, Unicamp had already released like a Black Lives Matter statement, which I wasn't aware because I was a transfer student when they did that and I wasn't um, in Unicamp when that happened. So there was no way for me to know that uh, since I wasn't involved. Mm. And so the, the whole miscommunication aspect of it was really just like, I wanted to first like situate the needs of the individual mm -hmm. as to like they felt like that was something that we should discuss and I agreed like I was like yeah I'm for that so let's like communicate that upwards so that we can make sure that everyone's on the same page because we shouldn't be like I kind of felt like they told us um to really um stay away from sensitive topics and so since the whole movement had been going on I wasn't sure like I it it shouldn't be political but in turn into something political it obviously did like you see across the nation like people don't agree with Black Lives Matter and people do agree with Black Lives Matter and it turned into something political and it shouldn't be that way it really shouldn't be that way but sadly like that's the real world and so um, they told us like stay away from politics and I I really just like don't like going behind people's backs so I like communicating things first and like being like okay like our one of our volunteers feels like we should be doing this and like communicate that to like the the um, head of the organ like and did you communicate that so the individual ne never um, so after I we asked for feedback they just said oh we don't know why it would be controversial if if Unicamp already released a statement of um, solidarity. Mm -hmm. And so that was just like, oh, okay, well, I didn't know that. So I guess it's okay mm -hmm. since they already took a stance on it. Mm -hmm. It should be okay. Why, why should that be a problem? Um, and that was the end of the conversation. And we, we, I remember saying like, oh, like, is there anything else like what we can do like on our end? Like, I know like, um, like I'm free to like trying to work something out and just never anything was communicated. And that that conversation was months before the election and the i i still to this day like i really don't understand like why the, the individual just like come back to us if they still felt like so strongly that we were being apolitical about the matter mm -hmm. and i mean i would be more than happy to work something out and really like see like if they felt like I was doing something wrong I would want to like hear back from them and see like what I can do to improve myself and like really just work with them but that, that never happened and it's not that I didn't make myself accessible it's like the individuals just probably didn't want to work with us um okay uh last
last question regarding the current events surrounding your fellow candidates. Do you have anything you'd like to express or comment on that? I would just like to say I I don't like how USAC politics gets really like dirty. I was tied in it last year. And I mean, it took like a really big toll on my life. And so I hope that whatever is happening like um, right now, like with the other candidates, like that both of them are like well in health and like well being. Cause I don't want them to go through the same things like that I had to experience through and in being like feeling down about themselves or like bringing their well being down or cause that's not cool. You know, like, it's, we're, I feel like, I don't, I don't get, like, why it's so hard. Like, we're all here, we all want to do, like, something positive. At least, like, that's what, that's what we're all working for and why we're all running for use. Like, and I don't get, like, why people have to bring each other down and why um, it can't just be, like, working alongside each other to try and find something, like, some something that's gonna change for the better of the community. And so in that aspect of what's happening with the other candidates, I would just like to say like, I hope that they're both like um, doing well with like their well-being and their mental health because it really takes a big toll on you. And it it's really toxic. Like this, it, it shouldn't be that way, but somehow it ends up being that way. And that sucks. That really sucks. Like. I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't want for that to happen to anyone. So if I can help them, support them in any way, then I'm here. And that's not just for them. It's for any student. Like, if I can be a source of like support for you, like, let me know how I can. Cool. Thank you. That's it. Any closing words? Wow. This is a lot. No, yeah, I think I think this whole year has been a year of growth. It's really like showing me like so when everything happened last year, um, I really started asking myself like, why am I here? Like, why, why, sh- why should I continue like, like? I lost my happiness, like I told you. I lost my happiness and like my purpose. And that's what I had been trying to find like throughout the entire year. And recently I found it. And why am why am I here? Like why do I continue? Like I could I could not have run again. I could have just stayed like in sightlines and like not not get criticism because I'm still getting criticism um, from students and. I'm still like, it's it's still, although it's not as much as last year, it's still difficult. Like, I still have to face like my mistakes. I still have to um, really like be vulnerable with others and like really like own up to like the, the things that I, I did in the past. And it's hard. It's hard like saying like, I did wrong. Um, so why, why go through that again? Like why even be here? Like why, I, I don't have to be doing any of this. Like. I could just be doing my own thing, my own life, and like graduate and leave. But I realized like what really makes me happy is 
working with others and like helping people and trying to foster community and just being a support and and I'm telling you this because like just working alongside others and, and seeing like how my my contribution can help benefit others really like motivates me again and and we had our college weekend for my my club like two months ago no that's too much like a month ago and I got excited again I got really like I was just like wow like I'm really here at UCLA and I I've been thinking throughout the whole year like I want to run again like I want to do it like it's more of a at this point it's not really so much it's kind of proven to myself like I can still do the things I like to do and I can still be trying to help people and be passionate and be happy and do all of these things aside from like the mistakes that I've done in the past and like those mistakes yeah they do they do take a part in my life in um, a sense of growth and like learning from them but they don't define like my future and like how I can improve as an individual like it doesn't mean I have to stay grounded um, with those mistakes and seeing like the kids and working alongside like my peers and going back home because um, I went back home to try and recruit some students for the for the weekend for the our college event weekend mm. uh, really motivated me and really made me like excited to to run again and just working alongside like people like i i was talking with my mom yesterday we were like on the phone my mom was like how are you and uh, Okay, we're back. Little crying session, but we're back. <laughs> Where were we? You were you were closing off as you will. Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, talked to my mom, and my little niece told me that she was really happy to see me debating, and that she was really excited. And that filled my heart because she can look up to someone you don't see people like myself being at prestigious institutions like UCLA and my sister brags about me all the time she's a teacher back home um when we immigrated from Mexico my sister was around like 19 20 and she left university over there and she had to start from zero here and she went through community college for maybe like 10 years to finish up like even just like the high school requirements and so now thankfully she finished um, her her education she became a teacher in mathematics and now like she tells her students She's like, my brother goes to UCLA. And it's like back home. 
school girl don't even know like how good of a school UCLA is. And she tries to inspire her students and tell them like, he can do it, you can do it. And that's all like I live for it. like it's like I talk to people back home. As you can tell, I'm very, very passionate about home. And when I went to have those those conversations with the kids from one of the local high schools to invite them to our college weekend, you could tell like who whose parents went to like a, a university and whose parents didn't. Because the students that whose parents did are always like, oh, you go to UCLA, that's so cool, that's so exciting. And the students that don't, they get excited over like community college because they see that like as an option, like the, o- the only option. And then the students that don't even know about either or, you can tell because they look confused. And just being here, like doing what I'm doing, makes me feel so... <laughs> like if I'm like a role model to students, minority students, not just like for my community, students like in other places that may not come to UCLA and feel represented that may not come and have that sense of community that I've learned to build around myself that may not come that may come and feel like they are an outsider and so that's why I decided to run again because I could have stayed like I mentioned I could have stayed on silence I could have said like like, I don't want to be on the spotlight of things. I don't want to face that again. I, I just want to graduate. I just want to leave. But no. I want to do something positive because I know I can. And because I know that many students are going to benefit from it. And, yeah, I'm just... <laughs> I guess we'll end, we'll end it off with this. I'm just really motivated for equity. And creating that change that... I want to and have and that I want to see and that I want to give to others because there's so many areas that we can improve here at UCLA and I feel like it takes only one person to really step up and be like hey like we need this in order for it to happen and I want to be that person so I can help others and that's it thank you thank you